0: Good morning. It's uh, the Snake River Lib podcast. It's the 29th of January. Uh, taking a break from my uh, homework this morning uh, to talk about a few things. Of course, the most important thing by far not in the world is impeachment. I mean, what do we have going on? We have the president signing the, uh, um, the new uh, trade deal with Mexico and Canada today um no democrats present at the ceremony which is appropriate considering the democrats don't think he should be president anymore um we also have of course the um the coronavirus uh, um that is um morphing into pro- something far bigger than than what we've been led to believe Uh they've Uh, For some reason, we've not shut down all all flights in and out of China, although American Airlines, to their rare credit, has, uh, except for to Hong Kong, um, in an attempt to contain the virus. uh, Long-term effects of a a virus like this, though, with so much production in China, not just, of course, what used to be uh, the running joke about stuff made in China, but the fact that Nearly everything is made in China anymore. Is going could have some uh, significant impact, uh, depending on how long this plays out. Um, including, by the way, the manufacturer of uh, any kind of uh, antiviral or vaccine, which uh, a good deal of our medications are now made in China as well. So that could be problematic. Um, Project Veritas has dropped uh, another video today, but, but the good news on that, the good news on that is, person that was interview that was uh, 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 interviewed in in their video today, uh, another paid uh, Bernie uh, supporter, unlike the previous ones, did not advocate uh, the guillotine for uh, Republicans. So the, he didn't think they should kill landowners or property owners. He just uh, thought it would be better to just take their property away from them. And this is very key. Okay, this is this is a, a key element that has followed everywhere. In fact, it's one that's kind of running under the radar in China right now. But the Chinese realized with the fall of the Soviet Empire. Um, um, in 1989, if you remember uh, Tiananmen Square and such that was happening in China, China's uh, uh, communist model was modeled very similar to the Soviet Union. But they saw that the Soviet Union was unsustainable. They probably knew internally that what they had was unsustainable. They saw that that the only you know the only way that what they were exporting to other countries. Uh, the only way those were being supported was was by uh, them supporting it, uh, and so the Chinese made a course correction and went to a mercantilist uh, uh, communism, where they still maintained uh, full control, but they they invited in corporations uh, to to uh, um, set up within their economy. Of course, uh, nothing secret in China, right? You know. Corporate secrets, uh, companies come in, all the big companies, Boeing, Caterpillar, uh, all these General Motors, all these ginormous corporations come in China. And, and it's done wonders for the Chinese economy, frankly, and for uh, millions and millions of Chinese as far as lifting them out of um, their agrarian economy. Um, but the communists are still in control. And, and at any time, they could take possession of what these companies have built. Um, that is always an underlying factor, and it should not be forgotten. I mean, we, all, we only have to look to Venezuela. You know, Venezuela was, used to be one of the richest countries in, in South America. Now, of course, the naysayers will point out the, the, that the United States had a hand in, in doing Venezuela. But not this time. Uh, not, not with Chavez. You know, Chavez did it himself. You know he he like like these people today, and this is why I bring it up, okay? Because the Bernie supporters, you know, they want to evict the landowners, they want to evict the factory owners, they want to nationalize everything, and this is what Chavez did. By the way, um, um, if you like lengthy reads, uh, Atlas shrugged, uh, now nonfiction. Um, a very similar thing happened, you know. In, in fact, John Galt's great speech at the end of Atlas Shrugged uh, spoke about this, about how these these looters—not um, really any other way to call them—they they they took over. He referred to these the the giant buildings or the the skyscrapers of New York. Uh, if you remember, this was the 50s when she wrote that. But you could talk about the oil industry in Venezuela, or you could talk about uh, the manufacturing base in China, or, or fill in the blank. So so Bernie's people take these things over, and they think that they just got there. Now, we have the historical model of of Venezuela as proof of this. Okay, Chavez nationalized the oil industry in Venezuela he, he kicked out the oil companies because they were taking too much of the money so he kicked out all the oil executives he seized all of their equipment everything and remember Venezuela is sitting on a huge huge oil field um they could be, they could be the South American Saudi Arabia, if they so choose, chose. But they didn't choose to do so. Uh, they said, "Oh, look, here, here's all this oil equipment, and we have all this oil production." And so they kicked out the people that knew how to do it, just like uh, in Atlas Shrugged when they drove out all those. Who, who knew how to do things and left behind the cronies, which is the same thing that Bernie is, the Bernie people are talking about. They are talking about this. Uh, Project Veritas has them on tape, kicking the landowners, the property owners out, and their people taking over. And they think that just by taking over that they can run things. They have no concept of how to run anything Except for into the ground. Bernie Sanders, the only job that he had in the private sector was when he lived in a commune, and they kicked him out because he would not carry his fair share of the load. So he got a job in government, and that's where he's been ever since. Venezuela's oil industry, of course, went to crap. Because all the oil people that knew how to use the equipment, that knew how to maintain the equipment, that knew how to repair it, upgrade it, etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera, were gone. And slowly but surely, just like uh, what happens with mechanical things, they break down. And as they broke down, which at the same time that was happening, of course, the oil boom in the United States, uh, um, which drove the price of oil down, uh, which made it even more critical for Venezuela to produce. But even as, the, even as the oil boom was going up, driving prices down, the oil production was going down in Venezuela at the same time, which meant the revenue for, for Chavez and then Maduro's uh, uh, regime was going down as well, which of course, since that's what their entire economy was based on, uh, and they had no plan for the future because you know they'd planned for $140 a hundred and forty dollar barrel oil for now until eternity um, because that's you know that's what their chalkboard said um, they didn't know what to do, of course, and so. So their machines were breaking down, so they tried to entice some uh, corporations to come back. Now, and they had some problems with that. For some reason, they didn't want to come back and, and, and invest. Again, I guess maybe the fact that they had been bitten one time. Uh, where they'd had all their equipment taken from them, and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars in in equipment, plus the plus the uh, potential revenue. Uh, perhaps that that soured them to coming back in and and saving Chavez and Maduro. Perhaps I just said, well, who's John Gall? so we have a real world experience of that. The Chinese saw what happened to the Soviet union when it collapsed, you know, because 87 winters or 87 years of bad crops uh, or bad weather, which is why they always had to buy wheat from us because the Soviet system didn't work. Um, Or however many years, of course, not 87, but, it was ridiculous, you know. Every year, well, we'd have had a bumper crop if it wasn't for the weather, right? Or maybe if it wasn't for the fact that people got paid whether or not they worked. And so, with no incentive, no incentive to work, why work? Wonder if that could happen in the United States, a place where where you have bureaucracies that are set up by the way that are that that have quotas to make sure that that bemoan the fact, and you can see it on TV today, I mean, you see, you see ads for uh, Michael Bloomberg, and you hear them about all these people that are being taken off of food stamps and, and such. I thought coming off of welfare was a good thing. Our system is set up, by the way, to keep people on the system. Instead of having a system that gradually takes people off, you know, and it's only set up as a a safety net, which is what we're told, oh, you're taking away the safety net. No, it's not a safety net. It's a safety snare. Where once you get somebody in it, you can maybe have generations in it. The war on poverty. But at least, at least this person in the uh, this Bernie supporter, uh, paid paid volunteer, not a volunteer paid supporter, uh, organizer in South Carolina. I guess we can say at least he's not advocating for the guillotine, uh, like the one last week was, because that's what they want, you know. You know, week one, of course, was the gulag for. Republicans and of course then you have uh, what does Tucker how does Tucker refer to him Don Lemon uh, 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 the uh, the news guy over at CNN that was was laughing at those Republican what did, what do they call them Boomer Rubes who who uh, s- voted for Trump um, you know uh, CNN should send Trump a bill for that. Uh, Campaign commercial. Because it's going to be beneficial. It's already been made into one. You know, right up there with Hillary's deplorables. Um, Biden's on the fade. He's rumors on, on some uh, dark web places that he's actually been calling senators, asking them to uh, to vote against having witnesses. But the Democrats are too far down the rabbit hole. Now they've got idiots like uh, uh, Romney, who, who reluctantly I supported in 2012. Romney was one of the ones that demonstrated to me why the Republican Party was not the way. Um, Republicans love to take it on the chin. They love to, to go along, to get along. They, they say they espouse certain values which I agree with, but they're not willing to fight for them. You know, is Trump a conservative? Of course not. I've never said he was. Never, never, never have I said he was. Has Trump nominated conservative uh, or constitutionalists uh, to the bench? Absolutely. He's he has if he has another term, he could he could uh, completely skew the Supreme Court. In the way it's supposed to be, uh, the appeals board, uh, the appeals benches nationwide, how it should be, how they should be, and even the 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 district courts. He's already left an indelible mark on the judiciary. In in one term. By the way, we can all thank Harry Reid for that because. Because even though before it was never a practice to use filibuster until the, the Democrats started it under George W. Bush when they were the minority, um, it was Harry Reid that decided that it was okay. Now remember, of course, uh, under Bush that when uh, Trent Lott proposed uh, proposed using the the constitutional option or the nuclear option, Uh, the media had a field day about how unconstitutional that was, filibuster, of course, not being part of the Constitution. Um, They had a field day with that, but when Harry Reid did it, it was okay. But, of course, then when when, uh, Mitch McConnell did it for Gorsuch, They of course had a cow. Now the only thing that's left is to get rid of the filibuster, at least for budget, budgetary items. Um, You know, I mean, they want to get rid of the minority power. You know, they're the ones that got rid of it. Do you think that uh, Senator Schumer, if he was the majority leader with a Democratic president and a Democratic House, do you think that he would allow the minority a filibuster for anything? Absolutely not. The only way that they're going to get Bernie's agenda passed if he's elected president, which, by the way, the Democratic Party desperately does not want him to be the nominee. Right now, he's poised, by the way, to uh, potentially be the winner of the, the first three states of the primaries and caucuses. That could be a disaster for the DNC. But hey, Bernie's Pulling ahead nationally. Just remember what his people support. Gulags for Republicans. Uh, Taking the land, taking property owner, taking property away from property owners. Turning the United States into Venezuela. Uh, Yeah, that's what Bernie supports. Just something that everybody should know uh, before the election. And I guess that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about today. My... uh, I'm looking to perhaps change my, uh, my platform for the podcast here. Um, I've been having some issues with that. But for now, Anchor's been good to me. So continue to support it. If you'd like to do it, it's, it's easy, super easy to use, and I like it. Um, I'd love to have people listen and share Um, frankly, I had more people reading what I was writing than listening to what I'm saying. Have a great day. Remember, taxation, to take from one, to give to another, is theft. And most things that the government is doing, it shouldn't. Have a great day.